When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu fruit, Frank, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy, and their hamburger even won the Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. Everybody wants to get in on this. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics or hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com, that's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10 10% off your order, plus any orders over $200 get you free shipping. Again, use code DNVR10, check them out today, and we promise you will not be disappointed. NBR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ as always. Use code DNBR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost. On today's Friday show, we're having a little bit of fun looking back at uh, some of our favorite prospects over the years, the ones that we've gotten right, the ones that we've gotten wrong. Should be uh should be an interesting little show diving into things on that front. So AJ, you've been doing this a little bit longer than I have, certainly on the on the draft front of things. So, I know you got some going back even before the last decade that that are going to be a little bit before my time following the draft. So, I don't have too many, not too many, not too many old school ones. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, old school, going all the way back to old school. Yeah, two thousand nine. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, following the NHL draft was hard to do. Even in 2009. Beyond the first were, round, it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. There were, it was like WJCs, and yep. if you knew a guy from there, then you really liked him. <laughs> and if you didn't, then good luck, yep. you know? That was about it. Yeah, well, it was like I remember 
there were there were some guys that the Avs drafted where it was just like, no, okay, that's a dude, allegedly yeah. a human. Yep, it, it was just hard to know there. There weren't very many people covering it. Um, yeah. There weren't very many um, like national outlets. You know, the now you look at it, and the athletic has multiple people doing it. Yep. There are podcasts. Chris Peters does his own thing. ESPN has a thing. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. People like Scouch, who are their content is pretty much solely dedicated to the NHL draft. Yeah, it's and that just did not that did not exist. That not I mean not even that long ago. You know, when when I was at Mile High Hockey. When the abs were bad and they were picking in the top five, it was like we spent a lot of time arguing over guys that we couldn't really watch very much of because we didn't have access to to, like to seeing CHL them. streaming just didn't exist yet. Yeah, because straight up, like we were talking about Gabe Landeskog, and it was like, well, can't can't really see him play very often. So yeah, Scott, you know. That's how it worked back then. You'd have to send a message to the team asking for footage of a dude to be able to get access to him. Yeah, League Prospects wasn't around. You know, hockey like hockey DB wasn't wasn't really a, a big thing yet. Yep. It's yeah, it was it was crazy, man. Um, so it was it was hard to it was really hard to fall in love with guys uh, back in the day where it was where you just couldn't watch you couldn't see them and and now like every time that we get into the draft, it's like you know uh, we we talk about people people roll in and are like, oh, you you guys should take a look at this guy and. Yeah. All right, this guy's ranked 156th, you know, and it's like, uh, okay. One YouTube search will give you everything you need on the guy, basically. <laughs> Straight. That's the other thing that is is that fans just started clipping together players. Yep. And all of their, you know, and, and like shift by shift stuff and highlights. Yep. You know, you type in you you go and you look for Sean Barron's, a guy that was drafted at the end of the second round. And Sean Barron's, and it's like, bam, you get shift by shift, you get a full scouting report, yep. you get specific, you get specific breakdowns, you get some random musician, you get our stuff. <laughs> um, it's it's really like it's really impressive how coverage of the draft has changed and, and the enthusiasm of the draft has changed. And yes, I did I did see uh Canadian women's team just throttled the United States last night. It was <laughs> it was uh, a pretty thorough beatdown of Bald Eagles and Freedom. So <laughs> the bet did not go well. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, you filthy fascists. Yeah, I mean, right. What, I mean, what do you mean? We already have we already have Bedard and Mitchkov. Yeah, but the fact that you even know who they are—that's what I'm saying. Years out from their draft class, tells you everything you need to know. These days, you even you have like, all right, here's some footage of their like mites league. Here's some footage of him in his backyard when he was eight years old. Flipping yeah, well, stuff, but 
We've seen, I mean, there is, you can go and you can get extensive footage on both Connor Bedard and yeah. Matvey Mitchkov right yeah. now. And they're two years away from being drafted. Yeah. That's so the modern ability to do that really is incredible. Yeah. So is that, ooh, so is that class though. <laughs> no so that's uh, if you actually listen brian burke talks uh, has has talked extensively if yeah, you go and search his, through youtube his story is super cool about them digitizing everything i really like that yeah story. the eight thousand dollar laptops that yeah. they bought their scouts <laughs> yeah and uh how they 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 did get video um, they've been using video f- since the nineties, but not everybody was. Yeah. And it's just, it's wild. Yeah. That, that it's, it's come, it's come as far as it has, but I will also tell you that I got a peek into the scouting database that NHL teams use once upon a time. And it's still that thing. Needs an update. Yeah. <laughs> That thing needs an update. It looked like something that it, it straight up reminded me of AOL back when I was first le- learning to use the internet in 1996. Oof. It was like, I was like, oh my God. This is intense. <laughs> so, anyway. In any case, yeah. Let's. Do we want to go chronological here, AJ? Do we want to start with your. Uh... Your OG prospect loves. Uh, yeah, we can we can do that. Um, I know because people always because we talk we spend so much time talking about prospects and stuff that there are people that always want to know like who are you guys right and wrong about? And it's like, man, both of those lists are long lists. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot so, of guys. I, I think it would be good if we focused mostly on just the ones like that we either felt the strongest about. Sure. And like I try I try not to have too many like high picks in here. Sure. Because it's like you know, it's it's like oh wow, you were right about a top three pick. Well, I mean, bully for it, you, guy. It's easy to put the high picks in when you're wrong about them. It, that's true. I do have like I have Neil Yakupov on my list, so <laughs> I loved him. I thought he was going to be awesome, and then he just never figured it out at the NHL. Yeah. Level. Yep. So somebody has seen the thumbnail for today's show. <laughs> yeah. Um, Glennie was an interesting one, actually. He's he's one of those stories where. After he got drafted, he just never really had the love for the game that you kind of need. There are some guys yeah, that they just don't really want to be hockey players, and it's just a way for them to make money, and yep, it's just, it's, it's something that they've just always done that they've been good at, and if they aren't, if they weren't doing that, then they don't know where they'd be, so they just kind of keep at it, but... True. There are some. There are some guys. There are some guys that the Avs have drafted in the last few years that have been like that. They just yeah. don't love the game in that way. Yep. They were happy to be drafted, and they're happy to play pro hockey, and 
Yeah, you know, Kale in the chat here, but let's let's, uh, let's not waste any more time, AJ. Where does your list start? Um, I think the first guy that I was really like right about that I really, really, really liked, and to be fair, again, because we could not see these guys until you know some of these guys um, for a long time. You know, some of them you couldn't see at all before they got drafted, but I. I liked Tarasenko immediately. All right. He got he got drafted in in 2010, and when he came over, uh, that was a guy that I was immediately like, "Yep, that he's gonna be." It. Yep. Yeah, it was like he he is gonna be a monster because he came over at the end of um, I don't remember which year it was, but it, he came over at the end of the K the KHL team. Finished up and then he came. He came over like midseason, and he was just so good, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you may sense a theme here, uh, at least for me. I'm not sure about AJ, but show me a guy who can shoot a puck, and it's uh, it's easy to fall in love real quick. Yeah, it was. It was really though that, and it's funny because it's the archetype that scares me the most in the draft, but. The big, the big wing that scores goals is like my favorite NHL player. Yep, I just love that yeah, type the, of player. The only thing that is second to that to me is is the big guy who passes well, like the Joe Thornton type. Oh yeah, that's my favorite type of player ever. Yeah, my my favorite type is the. Uh, smooth skating, the really good skating, defensive yeah. defenseman. I love that guy. Well, yeah, that uh, really worked out for Duncan Siemens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because I'm like, I'm like, oh, you have to have guys with puck skills, you know, but it goes against all of like the traditional things that I love about the game. <laughs> puck is secondary. Must skate. Well, yeah, for me, it always starts with skating. I love skaters, but yeah. the way that the way that Tarasenko showed up, I was just like, oh, my God, this guy is going to be unbelievable. Yeah. And then he rattled off, what, like four or five years in a row of scoring 30 plus goals. Like he yep. was, oh, my goodness. Yep. He could just he could just shoot it. There is a. We'll, we'll call it draft lore. <laughs> um, veracity of it is unconfirmed <laughs> I've never been able to actually pin anybody down on it but there is a there is a story that the Avs were planning to take Tarasenko and when St. Louis traded up into the spot ahead of them that's where they ended up with Joey Hishin as the yeah. next guy on their board yeah. I, again I've never been able to I've never been able to actually like get anyone who was in the organization at the time to say that's what we wanted. But there's been things floating around over the years. Yeah. We'll say, we'll say it's been in the water supply for a long time. I just can't quite, I I just can't, I can't say that definitely happened. Yeah. Uh, David from bed for the 16th over pick, which was tank. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what happened. They traded David Rumblad. 
What a, who at the time was a was a top defensive prospect because he was a first round pick the year before. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like David Rumblad was a nobody at that point. You know, he would go on to become a bust in, in his own right, but it's how it goes sometimes. Unfortunately, yeah. That's, that's part of the thing, but yeah. All right. So Tarasenko was your first uh, your first home run, I guess. Yeah. In the draft. Then we we can move on. We can do one more pick here real quick in period one here if you have another one from the uh, yeah, uh, my first big bust. Um, I absolutely loved this dude, and I, I would have straight up fought somebody at the Westminster Promenade <laughs> in order to in order to defend my love for Stephen Elliott. I was so convinced he was he, and, and this is twofold because I was so convinced that. Elliot was going to work out and Tyson Berry wasn't because Tyson Berry couldn't play a lick of defense. And I just thought, and I just thought there's no way, there's no way this guy will be good enough offensively for NHL teams to give him a chance because he cannot play defense. He is awful defensively. Even during camps, you could see that this dude just did not, he couldn't hold up in the corners. He just was not, he, it was, it was so painful. I was like, oh my God, dude, this, this little itty bitty fella here is not going to get along. And here he is, however many years later. And what do I know? Right. I mean, he's the exact opposite of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's almost 400 points into his NHL career. So still can't play defense, but yeah, I'm still still a one way player, but teams are comfortable with the with the warts because uh, yeah. he just produces so much offense that it's like, well, yep, okay, fair enough. I just had that. I was still in that old school mentality, man. I hadn't changed my mind on things yet. I thought that I thought that guys who were that small couldn't play in the league, and especially defensively, that they just didn't belong. That couldn't he. Couldn't make it happen. All right. And here he is. He's played the 600 games. Well, there you go. You can uh, you can use that info. Maybe head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook and use your same game parlays to uh, bet on Barry to score a point, but his team to still lose, perhaps. Um, it's, a, it's a good way to do it. You can also get a bunch of amazing other odds boosts, so check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Be sure to use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. If you do that this week, they're still offering the opportunity to bet $1 on any Week 1 football game, and you get given $200 immediately. You don't have to win the bet. You don't have to wait for the bet to happen. They just give you 200 bucks for making the bet in the first place. So jump on that, take advantage of the limited-time offer and get yourself $200 to bet on whatever you want over at DraftKings. Use their daily odds boosts, or don't if you want to bet on something crazy that they're not boosting. You got a good feeling about, you have 200 bucks to play with. Download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and be sure to use the DNVR code when you sign up. That is how you get the chance for $200 in free bets immediately after that week one bet of $1 on a football game. Uh, official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
100 and hit up Strava Craft Coffee as well, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can get it online and get 25% off and use code DNBR25 for your first order. You can also try it down at the bar or get 20% off indefinitely for every order when you sign up for their subscription service. Check them out. It's really helped with aches and pains, joint pains, migraines, stuff like that. And it'll get the coffee you need to uh, to get yourself going up in the morning, things like that. So do that, then uh, sign up for a DNVR annual membership as well. Right now, you get a bunch of amazing stuff. I don't think it's officially dropped yet, but uh, I had the chance to see some of our upcoming uh, merch. It's pretty cool, not going to lie to you. Looking forward to to some of the new stuff that's about to drop pretty soon here from us. So be sure to check all of that out. When you do get an annual membership, you also get a DNVR shirt along with it. So you can pick up one of those dope shirts, a bunch of other cool stuff as well. Big beers at the bar, access to all of our content, access to the DNVR lounge and many other things too. So support us and uh, yeah, get an annual membership and check us out. Second period of the DNVR avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. So is, is that it for your, your older school ones? Are we going a little bit more modern up into to my time covering the draft now? Or, or where do you want to go with this, AJ? Yeah, I mean, I would say I've got two other guys on my list from a couple of years ago. Um, that You know, I mentioned Neil Yakupov. I loved him his draft year. I thought yeah. he was going to be I thought he was going to be special. Thought he was going to roll in and be a 35 goal scorer every single year. Wasn't meant to Whoops. be. Maybe he could be if he wasn't still being chased by that cloud of bees. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I <laughs> loved you, man. I thought he, thought he had it. Thought he was going to be a superstar. And. I don't know. He was just such a dynamic goal scorer. He was so unstoppable in uh, in the CHL. I just Boston got the brusque right. I think is fair to say. Um, Zaboral and Sinijin, yeah, those are big misses for them. But you remember they got those three picks because they were trying to package them to move up. Mm-hmm. So they kind of were left in a weird spot where they just yeah. Well, then they pretty much boofed even with the brusque. I mean. They boofed <laughs> three picks in an all-time great draft in a row. Like, that's so stupid. Not great. Hello, Australia. Be sure to eat some pancakes for AJ early in the morning. <laughs> <sighs> Definitely do that. I don't know why I'm so tired. I woke up from a nap right before we went live, but I'm still just dragging ass right now. The... Uh, Yakupov just puts you to sleep, I guess. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, the other guy that I'm kind of right about, John Gibson. I love John Gibson. Yep. All right. His international performances, I was like, oh my god. John Gibson's gonna be amazing. And then he kind of was, and then he wasn't anymore. The Bruins? Were they ever really a dynasty? No, I, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't, no. All right, being good every year, so the Sharks are a dynasty. I mean, yeah, that's you got to win no. for it to be a dynasty. Um, yeah. In any case, 
Yeah, I really didn't start following it that closely and probably until about 2014. Which was a bad draft year. I actually yeah. didn't follow 14 very closely because the abs were good and I was just excited to the not only... follow it. <laughs> yeah, sure. And and like obviously previously I'd followed the top of the first round and stuff with the abs getting like Duchesne and Landeskog, but none mm-hmm. of that stuff is anything particularly crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then McKinnon obviously as well. But uh I the one guy that I, I was right about ish in in the 2014 draft was Alex Tuck, who I still love today, but <laughs> you gotta, you gotta give me some credit on that one. AJ, come on. The pick after him was Tony D'Angelo. So they could have done quite a bit worse. That's all I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> of course, then they gave him away in the expansion draft as far as Minnesota is concerned, but which uh, I, I suspect over the next couple of years, this won't be the last you heard of, of us liking players that ended up in Minnesota, because I know every time AJ likes a prospect, it goes to Minnesota. But <laughs> It's been pretty frustrating the last few years. <laughs> I didn't need a scouting director. They just had to listen to our goddamn podcast. <laughs> uh, so that one, that was probably when I first started watching, which also, would bring us to our uh, our titular player at the end of the first round in 2014, and Josh Hosang. Yeah, things never quite worked out for him, did they? I loved Josh Hosang, and I loved that when Garth Snow drafted him, he yeah. went on television and said, "Yeah, well, everybody shits on me all the time too, so we're gonna get along great." <laughs> <laughs> How'd that work out, though? Not great for either guy. <laughs> so yeah. Josh Hosang still still battling some maturity issues, and Garth Snow. I don't even know what he's up to any these days. Yeah, me either. I don't know what he's doing now, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how the the rest of all of these guys' careers play out. Basically, from 2014 on. Most of yeah. those dudes are still in the game, but yeah, 2015 was the first year that I covered the draft for BSN Denver, and that's the first time that I ever took the draft like super seriously. That was when we started our 100 prospects. Um, Stuff, yeah, yeah, and and we're doing deep dives on things, and I felt bad that year because I was like, oh my god, I love way too many of these prospects. I loved like just a really good draft, right? From from 2015's first round alone, guys that I really, really, really liked were Mitch Marner, Zach Wierenski, uh Matt Barzell, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat, um, Colin White, Brock Besser, and Jack Roslevic. Yep, that's like half the first round, man. Like, oh, okay, um. The guys that I liked from that first round that have not turned into much, I really, really liked Evgeny Svechnikov. Um, and then... Svechnikov on that one. Yeah, I really liked um, Gabriel Carlson. The one who went to Columbus, who the Evs said 
was not good enough to be the centerpiece of the Duchesne deal. Which good good call from them. True, definitely true. Yeah. Yeah, and then from that second round, I I really liked Eric Charnack, and I really liked Jansen Harkins. I really didn't like Jordan Greenway. I really, really didn't like Jordan Greenway at all. Yep. Yeah. That. I think. I think both of us have said before that like we didn't hate him or anything, but neither of us were like extremely high on Miko either in that draft. It's funny. Uh, Cole Hamilton was writing for us and he was the Miko one. Yeah. He was, he was the one pounding the table for Miko or Timo Meyer. I was, I was lukewarm on both guys Yeah, because that's, that was, that was when I had started to develop my fear of big players who didn't play power games. Um, because I felt like those guys were consistently getting overdrafted simply because they were big players. And I kind of put my blinders on. And did not appreciate what they did well because they were both big dudes. So sure. um, did I see foresee or I never saw Ryan. I never foresaw Ryan O'Reilly scoring 70 points in a season. Yep. No. Um, I don't, I, O'Reilly's complicated because I love the, I love the player that he is, but I also think that he is overrated. Like he plays, he plays next to the best wings that they have to offer. And so I think some of his offense is just a product of that, but he's also not like Chandler Stevenson where it's like, this guy's clearly in over his head. I think I I don't O'Reilly. I didn't think O'Reilly's skating was ever going to be good enough for him to be as good as he is in the league. But he's put in so much work at it um, that he's just. I mean, he was always a good defensive center. He made the NHL as an 18-year-old as a second-round pick. There have only been two guys in the last 20 years who have made the NHL immediately as second-round picks: Patrice Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly. What do they have in common? They're good defensive centers. They were good from day one. So, and the abs, the abs were just bad enough in, in 2010 that they were like, fuck it. Let's keep him. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. Let's see. In 2015, the one guy that I really liked that worked out was Konechny. Um I I liked him. That was also, do you remember, that was also the Oliver Shillington year yep. where he started out as a top 10 prospect and then just plummeted. Yep. I will say also from 2015, there are there were two guys that I, w- I was really, I loved Pia Suter, mm-hmm. who was a second uh, time entrant in 2015. Yep. His original draft year was 14. He didn't get drafted. He didn't get drafted in 15 either. And I wrote a whole thing that's still up on our website, that's still up on DNVR now, um, about P.S. Suter and how he should get drafted and how I think he would make a really good two-way player in the league. It's only been one year, but it felt a little vindicating to see the year that he had last season in Chicago. And the guy that I was super wrong about was Mangiapane, who I I wrote a pretty pretty not great review of, where I just said he was too small and not feisty enough, and he was too soft 
and he was never going to be able to play the way that he did uh, in in the OHL, and I didn't think that he was going to be able to ever translate into a depth role. Whoops. Can't win them all. I I mean, I yeah, I, I really like Noah Yulson. Obviously, that has not worked out very well. Mm. Um, yeah, and then for the abs pick, I, I really liked Melosh back then, too. I did, too. But uh, obviously, that one didn't come together all that much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 16 is funny because it's just not a great first round. Yep. And Out of the top two, basically. The, <laughs> the two guys. But yeah. The two guys in that first round, three guys in that first round that I was absolutely hard out on. I had no interest in. I said no. No, under any circumstances, the answer is no. It was Jake Bean, Henrik Borgstrom, and Riley Tufty. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Jake Bean's trying to make a career for himself now, but yeah, Borgstrom and uh, has been around a little bit i guess and then tufty yeah hasn't shown anything really basically borkstrom i had to be i had to be quieter about because of the du thing yeah for sure and i mean he was a point per game player in both years at du he was awesome at du and i just didn't see it translating to the nhl uh it always felt like he was too too much of a perimeter player uh i didn't think i didn't think he had a very high hockey iq i didn't think he had a just externally, it didn't look like he had a drive to be great. It looked like he coasted through a lot of games to me. So I was, I was very, I was very out on him. That's how I felt about Gautier, but I also loved, loved, loved Logan Brown in that draft. Oh yeah, the guy that the Clayton Keller. I was desperate for Clayton Keller to get to yeah. ten. When he went seven to Arizona, it broke my heart. We were having a draft party at Blake Street Tavern, and I was just so mad about it. <laughs> and then when the apps took Jost, I was double mad because I had written, I had pre-written draft pieces for everybody except Tyson Jost. <laughs> and so I was so pissed off about it. <laughs> um, what's the best draft year in the past 25 years? It's 2003. Yeah, that draft is actually bonkers. Yeah, 2003, and then I would say 2015 is already there. Yeah. it's There's like 10 franchise players in 2015. Like, go look at 2003. Yeah. Eric Stahl, Thomas Bannock, Ryan Suter, Braden Coburn, Dion Phaneuf, Jeff Carter, Dustin Brown, Brent Seabrook, Zach Parise, Ryan Getzlaff, Brent Burns. (laughs) That... The first round alone is just Corey Perry at the end of it. It's just insane. Yeah. Um, there were even some of even some of the guys who ended up being busts from that draft. Yep. Relative to, to draft position. Yeah. You know, ended up being like really good depth players for a long time. Guys like Eric Fair and Mark Stewart and Patrick Eves. I mean, Brian Boyle was a first-round pick, and he made his made his whole career out of being a fourth-line guy. All these dudes were regular NHLers. Yeah, I mean, Braden Coburn, another one like Thomas Vanek. We we kind of 
you kind of gloss over, but it's like even Nathan Horton went third overall, and obviously, like his career ended with the injury troubles. But when he was in the league, he was legit. Yeah, he was a good player. I mean, he—I don't think he ever quite justified the draft position. Um, but but I mean, that was a guy who had—he was good for twenty goals every single year, and. Were it not for the back injuries, he was still plenty productive at the end of his career. Hey, yep. he was he was a good player. Um, yeah, you even get into the second round, and you have guys like Louis Erickson, Patrice Bergeron, <laughs> Shea Weber. That draft is just insane. David Backus, yeah, two thousand three was nuts. Yeah, I I mean Corey Crawford. Yep. Comes from the middle of that draft, of, the, of that second draft, or that second round of that draft, and won multiple Stanley Cups. Just, oh, okay. Yep. That's I so mean, you go, you go all the way down to the seventh round, and you have Joe Pavelski just hanging out in the seventh round. <laughs> you have hold on, one, two, three, four, five guys from that seventh round that played four hundred games. It's nuts, including. David Jones. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the ninth round. Yeah, that's even later. That's the ninth round. Yeah, the second to last pick was Brian Elliott. <laughs> like, Brian Elliott and Yaro Halak came from the ninth round of that draft. Yep. That that draft was actually just nuts. So. The, the eighth round produced Dustin Bufflin and Toby Enstrom. Yep. Like that was like that was like Winnipeg's top pairing when they moved from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I would say 03. I I'm not a draft expert. Uh, I'm not a draft history expert. I I just don't really know. Mhm. All right. Well, um, no. but I would say 03 is absolutely in the running for best ever. When you're when you're scouting NHL prospects, you got to make a list, right? And you have to have a cut line where eventually you cut it off. You can't draft anyone beyond the cut line. And sometimes you need a cut line for your balls, too. You can't have the hair go past a certain point. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) So, Manscaped has you covered. Make sure you get your cut line set with the perfect package 4.0. Use the lawnmower trimmer to get it down to scout scout what you need, all right? When people are scouting your junk, you need to make sure it shows well, all right? So, they got you covered. Use the deodorant. Use the toner. Use all of their products. They have stuff for above the belt as well. Breath mints, other stuff. Check it out. Make sure to use all of that to get yourself looking good, feeling good, playing good. That's what they say, right? So uh, jump on it. Check out Manscaped. Get 20% off with code DNVR20 and free shipping if you use get the perfect package 4.0. And then head on over to Infinity Park in Glendale. You can check out the Colorado XOs and all of the other rugby stuff going on. They do a bunch of awesome stuff there. If you like rugby, check it out. They, It's they literally where the men's and women's teams practice for the national stuff. So it's the actual best rugby in the entire country that you can find, but they're also doing a bunch of other events as well, including things like movie nights. You can check it out at infinity park at Glendale.com slash events to get updated for all of those things. Of course, support us. Be sure to download the DNVR rugby podcast and stay up to date with Colton Strickler, our guy on that beat 
doing all things rugby here in Colorado. So hit them up. Check out the Colorado Exos. Infinity Park is an awesome venue to go to. It's a great time for a family day out, stuff like that. So check them out today. And then, of course, hit up Green Mountain Dental Group. They will take care of your teeth for you. Make sure you're looking clean. They're a great family dentist, just 15 minutes from downtown over in Lakewood. You can go there and get a cleaning x-ray and exam, and they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush, electric toothbrush to make brushing your teeth even easier than it already is, so your teeth are nice and clean. We've had tons of people switch, and they all say it's it's a great dentist to go to. They really do take care of you, so check them out if you need your teeth cleaned. All right, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook. We may have to go a little bit uh, rapid fire here as we uh, we get into some more recent years of the draft. AJ's got to go dunk some people on trivia on TDSP after this. So I'm not going to do well. Watch. It's just going to be – I'm barely yeah. awake right You've now. You've been hyped is... up, and so you're going to struggle. That's how it goes. Yeah, it, it's exactly it. But uh, over the last handful of years, AJ, got some. you got some hits and misses for me? Yeah, um, you know, a guy that I thought was going to be a lot better, Casey Middlestat. Really? I hated Middlestat in his draft. So, I had concerns because I was worried he didn't take it seriously. Uh, Because you remember he wanted to stay and play in high school that year, his draft year. He, he played with the Gamblers, and then he went and played. I also yeah. liked I liked Cooper in his draft here. I, I thought he was interesting. He went back to uh, Eden Prairie, right? Yeah. And he wanted to play high school with his friends. And, yeah. You know. My concern with Middlestat back then is the same concern I had this year with Bujalski. The dude had – he's a one-trick pony. He did one thing. Every single time, and at that level, it just worked. Well, and I mean, he was point per game in USHL, he was just below point per game as one college season. Yeah, and he played great. It was just you know, no complexity to his game at all. His is did the thing brief AHL time, he's been very productive. It's just like I I don't know I just expected a little bit more of him. He's and, and he was he was one of the guys that kind of taught me to to look out for the, the guys that play small games. Yep. You know, because he wasn't a particularly small guy, but he didn't he didn't have a lot of natural strength. He did not engage physically really at all. You would have thought he was five foot seven with the way that he played, and that was a thing that I, that didn't bother me at the time. That bothers me a lot more now. Whereas you compare what, like a, a guy like Kyler Yamamoto, who is five foot eight, yep, and he he's a pretty effective NHL player despite being both short and slight. Uh, and he understands the way he has to play, though. 
Exactly. And I would, I do, I do wonder, I mean, we have questions in the comment. How much is Middlestat struggling because of Buffalo? We'll never know that answer. Yep. But you can't just automatically look at Buffalo and be like, well, there's your, there's your problem. No doubt it's part of the problem. But also it's not like Jack Eichel has been just fine there. So it's not like it, they kill everything. Right. Well, Sam Reinhart was, was yeah, fine too. was fine too. Yeah. You know, yes, Metalstad did fail to do a, a single pull-up in the draft combine testing. So did Sam Bennett. Yep. Like, I I don't, I, for me, that's just not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's, it's more, it's more of like a good headline than it is a meaningful piece of information. Like, okay, Casey Middlestad failed to do a pull-up in the draft combine testing. What does that matter in terms of his struggles in the NHL so far? Yeah, I I love the guy picked two picks after Middlestat in that draft too, and Owen Tippett. I loved him, and he still hasn't too. really found his footing in the NHL either. Which that know, one feels that one feels like it's because of the team that he's on. Because Florida is always stacked as hell for forwards, but yeah, and they just keep adding to it. Like they just added Reinhardt and Bennett to Uberdo Barkov. Um, they've got they've already got uh, Carter Verhage. Yep. Just had that huge breakout season there. Hornquist is there. I <laughs> I don't know, man. That's it. They they feel. I don't know. It's, they just keep going hard after forwards, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, they they. Stick what does it say? Players. What I want to know. What does it say? Like all we're getting is like these vague responses. An athlete that can't do a single pull-up does say something. What does it say? That he has no upper body strength? All right. Well, as an 18-year-old, he's not going to play in the NHL right away. What What does it say? I, I'm asking. I'm not trying to be a dick here. I just want to know why is this meaningful? Uh, it's a weird thing, too, right? Especially, like, if you're a bigger dude, it's going to be harder to lift your body weight, too. Like... Well, and he was—he was not a bigger dude. He was—he was—he was really slight, and he but, was going to college, which is we when when guys go off to college, the one thing that we always say is they put on the muscle. Yeah, <laughs> they're going into a proper strength and conditioning program where they're going to lift weights five days a week. Yep, they're going to be able to put on that that kind of that kind of weight, and I I wonder if he can do a a, a pull up now. I. You know, I didn't even notice, but 22 points in 41 games this year is actually not too bad of a year for him. Pretty solid. I haven't looked at any of his underlying numbers. I haven't really thought about him much at all, but he was a guy that I had high expectations for. From Also from, um, I guess it's 2017, which was supposed to be a bad class and has ended up having multiple franchise players. The, the guy that I think I'm most surprised is not better is Morgan Frost. Yeah, that dude was a monster in that over at Sioux. Like Yeah, he was insane. Yeah. In the OHL. Yep. Multiple and in the OHL. Yeah, and like and I I this is again my me me wondering more of is this the team that he's on? 
because the Flyers have been pretty deep at forward. Yep. Um, you know, they have, they've had a lot of veterans up front and haven't really found a good way to mix younger guys in. Look, Gabe, just statistically, can't say that I've watched him in the AHL at all, but 29 points in 41 games for him in the AHL, like Morgan Frost didn't, he wasn't hurting. Pretty solid. But he only got two games with the Flyers last year. Like, I, this is also, I don't know if he's had injury issues. I don't know. I just don't know what's been going on with him. But he was a guy that I've been, I've been very like, I keep waiting for him to have like, to look up and see him at 55 points in 60 games in the NHL and just hasn't happened. My love for players that end up in Florida continues. I, in the second round, I loved Hepo Niemi as well. Oh, I didn't. I did not. He was like so Hepo fun. Niemi. I really liked. I I didn't like Steenbergen <laughs> though. Like he he was like in the WHL. He was a lot of fun, but it was all very perimeter oriented. Yeah, he's definitely he, a, a pass first type of guy. But yeah, I second round guy that I really did from that. I loved Ian Mitchell, man. I, when he went to Chicago, I was like, no, no, <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> yeah. Morgan Geeky. <laughs> Big Morgan Geeky fan. That's another dude. Still trying to see what he's got. Oh, I really liked Ivan Lodnia when Minnesota took him. Yeah. He was, he was a guy that I was a big fan of. I was in the KHL. That's the way it goes. Yeah. All right. A couple of you get to like 2018, and you're starting to drift into too soon. Yeah. Injury, but I was. I still am a big Joe Valeno fan. Yeah, my love of Joe Valeno was about his skating. Yeah. I just loved his skating, but I didn't think. My concern with Joe Valeno was that he wasn't going to be able to score goals in pro hockey. I didn't think he had a good enough shot to beat goaltenders. Remains to be seen. To a yeah, bit, he just but... hasn't he hasn't played very much in yeah. uh, in pro hockey. So we'll see. Like him, him, him playing for uh, in Sweden last year, he was productive. Yep, but I didn't I didn't see any of it. So was, I don't know. We'll, we'll see with Joe Valeno. I was definitely mad that the abs passed on him for Martin Kaut. <laughs> I was uh, the the guys that I really liked that the abs passed on for Martin Kaut were Ty Smith and Keandre Miller. Yeah, I knew you'd love Keandre. I was very vocal about my Keandre <laughs> Miller love. I I just I was like, look, dude, he hasn't been playing hockey for very long. He's a phenomenal athlete. He's six foot five and he's a great skater and he's thick and he likes to hit people. What the hell is the problem here? Like what's going what's going on? What's the issue? I what is like what is with this? And the teams were and I and I talked to, to people around the Evs after the draft and they were not super high on Miller. And I'm just I was like, fucking why? <laughs> So, yeah. Um, Sam Steele, I agree. I actually was a big Sam Steele fan. I liked Haskinen more than I liked Makar until until I sat down and spent an entire week watching AJHL games. Makar just skating like a monster. 
I watched 35 Brooks Bandits games that year, and I was yeah. like, you got to take him. <laughs> you got to take him. Oh, there's another one. Yeah, in, in 2018, I think both of us really did not like Joel Farabee, and he has worked out very, very well for Philadelphia. I was so out on Joel Farabee. Yep. I didn't like him either. Yeah. Uh, the guy that I loved in that class um, was Noah Dobson. Yeah. So when the Islanders got him, I was like, yes! Um, yes! <laughs> I couldn't believe Arizona passed on Quinn Hughes, Adam Bulkfist, Evan Bouchard, yeah, and Noah Dobson. I, I, I couldn't. That pick was nuts the second it was made. Yeah. I thought that was the. I thought that was the easiest freaking mock draft pick of the entire mock draft. Was one of those defensemen is going to Arizona. They needed a defenseman. There weren't any really, really, really good forward options at that point. I I was so blown away when they took Barrett Hayden. It happened, and I was I was in Dallas on the draft floor sitting next to Ryan Clark, who I just met 15 minutes earlier, and I was, like, in shambles because <laughs> of that pick. <laughs> yeah. And it Unbelievable. Not worked out for Arizona too well either. The, the other guy that I really, really did not like um, – Dominic Bach. I I was yeah. so nervous Colorado was going to go for that skill level and that they were going to love him. And mm-mm. I didn't like anything about Dominic Bach. Yep. Well, he still has to play in the NHL game. So, uh, slower, slower path. I thought St. Louis was smart to cash out on him. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, yeah. After that, it gets too hard to really judge 2019 and onward. You still have dudes developing outside of the NHL there. So mm-hmm. it's there are plenty of dudes we love from, from those drafts, but it's a little bit too soon. So yeah, AJ does have to get out of here as well. He's got to go, uh, go do TDSP. So make sure you go as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, we, we appreciate all y'all hanging out with us. Looking at some of our hits and misses over the last, for AJ, I guess the last decade or so, really. Um, yeah, hope y'all enjoyed. We'll be back on Monday. I don't know what we'll talk about. Probably go around the league because I know a lot of y'all wanted to to do some of that. But yeah, we'll talk to you all then. Until then, have a great rest of y'all's weekend. <laughs>